The following audio is from the Grove Church Snohomish campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. How's everyone doing? I was going to ask a really cool question after that bumper because I always want to come up and just bust a move, but I'm not a good dancer, so I just decide not to. Uh, I can do the warm though, so I thought about it for a minute, uh, but then forgot how long that bumper was, so I apologize for not blessing you with that experience. Uh, my name is Aaron. If I have not had the chance to meet you yet, I'm one of the pastors predominantly at our Marysville campus. Uh, and so I get the honor to be here today as Pastor Andrew and Amanda and his family are actually in Idaho right now, uh, speaking at a youth winter camp. Uh, one of our former youth leaders uh, from uh, the Grove Church is now a youth pastor over in Idaho. And so he, Andrew and Amanda and their kids got to go over there to speak uh, at the camp, as well as Kyle and Emily, uh, who is the worship leaders, as well as the youth directors here at the Grove Church in Homish. Uh, they're there as well. And so we get to be here today and celebrate with you uh, and, and kind of enjoy this series. I hope you've enjoyed Life Multiplied. Uh, if you haven't, then you should go re-listen to it because it's challenged me uh, and I'm biased, so I think you should be challenged as well. So uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm honored that you would be here today. Uh, one of the things that uh, you should know about me before we jump into this series is a couple things. Uh, the first, I guess I said one of the things, anyways, a couple of things you should know about me uh, is oftentimes you hear this phrase that someone has a sweet tooth. Anybody know that phrase? Would you say today that you have a sweet tooth? Some of you is like, yeah. Um, when it comes to sugar and sweets and dessert items, I actually say I have a sweet mouth um, because I love sugar. It's one of my favorite food groups, uh, even though it's not really one. I feel like Buddy the Elf sometimes uh, the four major food groups, sugar, candy, candy canes, and syrup. Uh, I would echo and veto uh, all of those saying, yes, those are worth uh, enjoying. Uh, and so today, as we talk about physical health in our Life Multiplied series, I say that to say, I'm probably one of the most unqualified people to be up here talking about physical health because I have, uh, when it comes to sh- sugars and sweets, a sweet mouth. Uh, the other thing I like to say too is um, I have a refined palate. Uh, I really know it tastes good. My wife would tell you, that I'm very picky. Um, so I like to say what I say and not what she says because then it makes me feel better about myself. Um, but I wanna be honest with you for a moment as we talk about this series of life multiplied, we're really examining the idea in John 10, 10, Jesus says that I come so they may have life and have it to the full. That we really believe because of Jesus, you and I get an abundant life. We get a life that's not okay or mediocre, but it's actually vibrant and incredible, Amen. That's what Jesus promises for us, right? And so as we talk about this physical health conversation, I had nothing but conviction as I'm studying and preparing to stand here today. And so I just want to be very vulnerable and honest with you today. Um, I'm preaching to myself because I'm only reading my notes that are applying directly to me. And physical health is probably a very vulnerable topic for me to talk about because I'm lazy and undisciplined. I'm ignorant because I choose not to learn about nutrition and health. And even as I'm preparing, I'm, I texted my, my little sister. Her name's Ashley. Her, her boyfriend, Rob, there live in New Jersey. Very, very health conscious, very healthy individuals. And I texted them last night as I was rereading through my notes and said, hey, so I'm just dumb. I'm a moron. And I decide to be ignorant and not learn about this. And I know you're really good at this. So can you send me some resources? Because I know the Holy Spirit's telling me I need to make some steps and some changes. Uh, and I say that to say, We're all on this journey towards faith and life together. We all get to work out what God is challenging us to do. And so I want to say a couple things as we jump into this topic. First, it's his grace is what matters, and it's our willingness to be obedient to that grace. Amen? 
And so I want to I want to encourage you today, and I want to challenge you today to hear what the Holy Spirit would say to you, not what some pastor with a microphone is going to say. Because I believe what God wants to say to us is strategic. I believe what God wants to say to us is specific. And I hope that we could walk out challenged and encouraged and in the best sense of the phrase, convicted as well. Because if the gospel does not convict us regularly, then I think we're missing the purpose of the gospel. Because it's about him. You're going to hear me say this at the end of the message when I challenge you to respond. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And our job is to reflect his glory and his goodness to the world we live in. So, with that being said, I want to jump into this series of this, path, of this message today in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, or 3, verses 10 to 17. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to open it up and use it. If you have a smartphone that has the Bible app, I encourage you to read along with me today. Uh, if you don't have any of those things, the scripture will be on the screen behind me because we believe the Bible's worth reading, and you should be reading it. And if this is the only time you read it, at least you read it. So um, I'm excited for this. I think the last thing I'll say about this is Pastor Nick and I were talking uh, physical health needs to be in this Live Multiplied series because it, we're diving and unraveling this conversation Live Multiplied, and we cannot separate our physical health from our spiritual well-being because God created us physically as well as spiritually. So they both go hand in hand today. I'm excited and convicted, which is why I'm standing here today totally transparent and vulnerable with you. Uh, but it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 17. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, which was kind of a dysfunctional church, if you, if you know anything about the Corinthians. Um, he, Paul is writing to them to challenge and encourage them, but also exhort them to refocus on Jesus. Because they've started practices and habits that were in addition to what Jesus and the teachings of Christianity were actually modeling. And so um, this is the context with Paul's writing, and this is what he says in verse 10. He says, because of God's grace to me, if you have a Bible, can you underline that statement? That should be the, the motivation of our entire lives. And I'll get on this point in a minute, but I want, to, I want to say that at the gate. That is Paul's motivation for you and I today. Because of God's grace given to me, he says, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than one we are already have, namely Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. I'm waiting for the big bad wolf to come out of this passage. Verse 13 says, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone who barely escapes through a wall of flames. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God that he, and that the, the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys his temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. I want to pray for us today, but also pray as the camp wraps up for Pastor Andrew and Amanda and little Lydia in June, as well as Kyle and Emily, uh, and then we'll continue on. So God, thank you today for the opportunity to be here. And Lord, even as, as we think of Pastor Andrew and Amanda, God, and the, and the leadership and oversight they have here at this campus, Lord, I just pray that you would be with them. God, I thank you for the ability that they have, not just to speak relevantly, but God, to speak powerfully to young people. And Lord, I pray what you have spoken through them at this camp, Lord, that you would bring it all to a close today. 
Lord, that you would help all of these students not just hear your word, but I pray that they would be challenged. I pray that they would be transformed. And I pray that they would be motivated to go and do what you've called them to do. And that's to reach the world that they live in. And Lord, I pray that you would be with Andrew and Amanda, God, and Lydia and June. God, I pray for protection. God, I pray for health. God, I pray for favor and blessing over their lives. I thank you for this family. I thank you for these leaders. And I pray you'd be with them. God, be with Kyle and Emily. Lord, as they not only led worship at this camp, but God, that they also brought students from Grove Church Snohomish to be a part of an incredible weekend like a winter camp. And Lord, I thank you for the many families here who have allowed their children, God, who've trusted Kyle and Emily with their children. God, I pray you would be with moms and dads, Lord, as they're anxiously awaiting their kids to come back home. But Lord, I pray that their kids would come back home with a, with a fire and a, a vivid passion to make you famous. Lord, be with Kyle and Emily. Lord, I pray you would bless them, refresh them, encourage them, and continue to raise them up to be an incredible voice of influence and challenge and motivation to this generation. We're so thankful for these leaders. We're so thankful for the opportunity to be the body of Christ together. I pray you would give me the wisdom as I speak. God, that surpasses my experience or my discipline. God, that you alone could receive the glory that you alone deserve today. I thank you for the opportunity to gather with these incredible people. And I pray you bless the rest of our time. In Jesus' name, I pray everybody said, amen. Moms and dads, I promise your kids will come home safely. Uh, I know some of you are anxiously waiting. I remember those seasons where parents would reach out to me regularly. I trust, uh, trust me when I say Kyle and Emily are good leaders and they're going to take care of your kiddos. So uh, just want to throw that out there. Verse 10. I've already said this. I want to hit this for a few minutes. Because of God's grace given to me is Paul's statement. Why does he do what he does? Why does he make the statements he makes? It's because of God's grace. This is the foundation he lives off of. He builds his entire life upon this foundation. What is this grace that he's talking about? This grace that Paul is talking about is literally the conversation, what we call the gospel. It's Jesus who came thousands of years ago, took your sin and your shame and my sin and my shame, carried it to the cross, held it on the cross so you and I no longer are held back because of sin, but we're now standing free before Christ and before God because Jesus has conquered sin. He went to the grave. He took over death, took the keys that the Bible says to hell and to death, took them back. We stand victorious because of Jesus. The grace that Paul is talking about is the fact that you and I no longer stand judged. We no longer stand condemned. We no longer stand hopeless or purposeless. We now have peace, hope, purpose in Jesus. Amen. This is the grace. And I don't know about you. I was born and raised in church. I've done church. I, I can't remember one string of Sundays where I didn't go to church because I just grew up in it. It's what my family did every Sunday. I went to Sunday school class. I got called a little demon by my Sunday school teacher because I was a sarcastic little brat. Still kind of am at times, but not as bad. God's been gracious to me, but I grew up in church. And there's something about this conversation of grace that I have a tendency, if I'm being honest with you, to check out. Oh yeah, yeah, the gospel. Yeah, I've heard that. I'm a pastor. I study the Bible. That's not the only thing I do, but that's one of the things I do. I study the Bible for a living. I I reflect on passages. I read commentaries. I quote things from books. But when the gospel comes to take root in my life, if I'm being honest with you, there's been seasons I've just neglected it. There's been seasons I've forgotten about it. There's been seasons and moments where I make it more about my mission or my agenda or my motives that I forget the gospel. 
And I'm here to tell you today, you do the same thing. And I'm not pointing the fingers saying you are all sinners and shame on you. No, I'm saying we are all sinners, but thank God for his grace today. Because we forget. Paul starts off this entire passage because of God's grace given to me. My hope for you today is that you can leave letting that become your because. Why do you do that? Because of God's grace given to me. Why, why, why do you, why do you, why do you, not watch those shows because of God's grace given to me. Why do you not drink? Or why do you not go to parties? Or why are you not sleeping around? Why are you not living like the world would tell you to live? Because of God's grace given to me. My hope for you today, when we talk about physical health, why do you care about the way and how healthy you are because of his grace given to me? Why? That needs to be our motivation. And the funny thing, when it comes to, the, to, when it comes to physical health, there's a lot of good reasons to get healthy. I think of some of them as I was writing them down. The first, I think, for me especially is self-esteem. We want to get healthy because we want to feel good about who we are, right? No one wakes up in the morning and like, you know what? I just hope I feel miserable about myself today. No, we wear the clothes we wear. We dress up. We check ourselves out in the mirror. We're like, I look good today. And then there's days we're like, I look like garbage. Some of us want to get healthy for self-esteem reasons. It's not a bad reason because there's, there's a saying on, a, on a, a barber shop wall that I used to get my haircut at, like, look good, feel good. If I look good, I feel good, we're good to go. Some of us want to get healthy, and we all want to face this, so we feel better about ourselves. See, the funny thing is when this is the foundation we build off of, it becomes a temporal thing because we struggle. There's times where you will not feel good, therefore you will not have a strong foundation in the moment. And because we're not building on the right foundation, it leads to bad things. It leads to negative consequences. It leads to dieting crazes. It leads to addiction to gyms. It leads to eating disorders. It leads to struggles. And I'm not trying to be insensitive. What I'm saying is the reason why those things exist is because we're building on the wrong foundation. We're building upon a foundation that isn't Jesus. So we begin to struggle because we're trying, I just want to feel better about myself. I just want to look good. Because of Jesus, because of the grace given to me. The crazy thing is, that's not the only reason. Sometimes we worry about others. I just want others to think good of me. I dress the way I dress. I act the way I act. I eat the things I eat. The stereotype when you take a girl out on a date for the first time, they eat like a salad. We care about what others think about us. There, does, there isn't a day that I'm invited to someone's house that I'm not thinking about, man, I would really like another piece of pizza, but I've already had like four. <laughs> so if I have another piece of pizza, what will so-and-so say about me? My motivation is not, Jesus, what would I do? What should I do? My motivation is, what's someone going to say about me? <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one. <laughs> That's my motivation. But the problem is I give other people's voices a larger weight in my life than Jesus' gospel. Because of the grace given to me. But that's not it. Some of us, we care about what other people think about us from a romantic point of view. I just want them to want me. I just want to be hot. I remember as a student growing up, when there was a cute girl that looked at me, I was like, 
but I was shy. I turned red a lot. I didn't like myself. So I was so insecure. I just want to be wanted. Some of us are married in the room and you are striving to be physically healthy because you just want your spouse to affirm you. I just want them to want me. I got married. They're supposed to want me. Not a bad motivation. See, God uses great people in our lives to help us become better versions of ourselves. But when we give them the foundational priority, it all begins to fall apart at one point. Because we're serving to please others. We're not serving to please the creator and lover of our souls. It doesn't stop there. Some of us just want influence. There's some of us, we make health a priority because we understand that if we are healthy, if we look and can act the right part, then we can gain immediate influence in helping other people. There's nothing wrong with this, the, the, the desire for influence. The beauty is God gives us desire. The beauty is God calls us to be world changers, not world conformists. But the problem is we're building upon the wrong thing. And some of us, it's just a simply a matter of life or death. I'm 35 years old. I'm probably one of the most unhealthy people here in the room. And I have a five-year-old little girl who's probably about this tall now. No, I'm just kidding. She's, she's tall. And I have an almost two-year-old little boy named Gideon. My five-year-old's Abby. And all they want to do is wrestle and jump on my back. I'm old now. I'm not the young and spry little youth pastor I used to be. My back hurts. I slept wrong the other day, so I strained my neck. <laughs> Baby girl, please don't jump on me. You want to jump on the trampoline? <sighs> I'm tired just thinking about it. Some of us, is a matter of life or death. We keep going the path we're going. We're going to die a lot sooner. I just read an article talked about ultra-processed foods. I only read part of the article because I lost interest. <laughs> but the simple truth remains. If I don't eat the right food... It's going to lead to an early death. I was like, that's all I need to hear. I don't need to hear anymore about how I'm going to die early because I love ultra-processed foods. Do you know why I don't like healthy food? Because it takes time to cook it. Just give me that granola bar in the box. My wife will ask me what she wants. I want her to buy for groceries. I'm like, just whatever's quick. Ultra-processed, yes. Thank you for the convictions this week, Lord. I, I love you. I hate you. God and I go around, so he just laughs at me a lot like you're doing right now, which makes me feel awesome. But here's the thing. These foundations are not bad. These desires are not bad. For relationships, for others, for influence, for marriage and spouses, for life or death, these are good things. But can I be honest with you for a second? They're byproducts of the right foundation. You want to you have a healthier life, better vitality? Build upon Jesus. Let his grace be what you build upon not the influence of others. Not whether your spouse thinks you're hot or not. Where spouse is, you should think your spouse is hot, please. It's biblical. Because, anyways, that's a different message for a different time. See, when we allow the grace to motivate us to, to build and care for the temple of God that he's given us, the end of 1 Corinthians 3, verse 17, says that your temple's don't you know that you are all, all the temple of the Holy Spirit? He continues this thought in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 when he's talking about sexual immorality. He says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? 
Live in a manner worthy of that. 1 Corinthians 6, I want to read this to you real quick. says this. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with the high price. So you must honor God with your body. We talk about life multiplied. We talked about physical health. We have to remember it's his grace that is everything we build upon. First and foremost. That we can build upon other foundations or we can build upon other thoughts. But if they are not anchored and founded on Jesus, they will fall apart. When we build upon Jesus, the things that we desire are natural byproducts. It doesn't just stop there. The problem you and I face, and I'm being totally honest with you, is every moment of every day I have to remember this. Can I just get it once and be done? Let me take the test, pass it, and move on with my life. The gospel doesn't work that way. Because sin doesn't work that way. Genesis reminds you and I about sin as God is talking to Cain after he killed his brother. God says, hey, Cain, be aware. Sin is waiting for you. It's crouching at your door. Its desire is to have you. Awesome. That's stupid. Didn't you defeat sin? Yep. Then why is it still coming after me? Because we're broken. Sin is defeated. And we're on the journey to seeing God's ultimate victory. See, this is a constant ongoing problem that we have to face. This is a constant ongoing reality that you and I have to be willing to wrestle with daily. You will mess up. You will make poor decisions. I make them all the time. Hey, there's peanut butter cookies. Thanks for making them. I ate like six of them. But there's only egg, sugar, and peanut butter. So I think they're kind of healthy. True story, I did it this weekend, it was awesome. Figure I want to just air all of my dirty laundry right now about how bad this, I told someone earlier, this is like a group therapy session for me. <laughs> Let me just tell you how bad of a person I am, but tell you how awesome Jesus is, and then we can leave hopefully walking around loving Jesus more than we love me. <laughs> but here's the thing, when we choose to remember God's grace daily, minutely, if I can make up a word, Secondly, if not like second, and, but anyways, you know what I mean. Millisecondly, if we will choose to do our best to remember his grace, the way we live our lives will show a great reflection of that grace. See, the interesting thing about Paul making this conversation about the temple Holy Spirit, he uses a building analogy. He talks about a builder he lays it expertly. Notice he says, I laid it at the foundation as an expert. He, was, he wasn't born an expert. He had to do work to become an expert. And what does he mean about laying the foundation about Jesus? He put in work to get to the point where he can lay and build upon Christ in an expert way. Which means he disciplined his body. He disciplined his lifestyle. He made sure that he, he, he did the right things and pursued the right things, not the mediocre or maybe good compromise things. He said that he was an expert, which requires work for you and I today. It's a daily fight. Do I want soda? Yes. Should I drink it? No. When I moved to Spokane, I was pretty poor. 
was a youth pastor in Spokane for about four and a half years. Before I got married, six months of those, I was getting paid chump change per month to do youth ministry. And one of the things that I really liked in college, because we had like free access to the cafeteria, which had a lot of fountain drinks. I never had uh, cavities in my life. I moved to college and I had like six cavities the first year in the front four teeth alone. It was awesome. My teeth are pretty much cavity fills. And so therefore I don't have to worry about cavities anymore. I like to tell myself that. The dentist says I don't have cavities. So I've, I've been to the dentist a couple times this year. And he's actually telling me, hey, your teeth are good. Awesome. See, babe, no cavities. But I moved to, I moved to Spokane. And one of the things that I really loved was, was Dr. Pepper. That's, that's like the thing that was my jam. I love Dr. Pepper like crazy. I would drink it all the time. And every now and then I get kind of bored with it. You ever have that moment where you're kind of bored of something you're currently drinking? So I'd mix it up and go to Mountain Dew. It was awesome. I moved to Spokane and I realized I have no money, but I still want Dr. Pepper. So one of the things that I saw modeled above me with leadership and influence is they would come in with like these 44 ounce like sodas. I call them soda. From a local gas station for like 80 cents. I was like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me I can get Dr. Pepper for 80 cents? And then the refills were like 20 cents? Genius. So what do I do? Swing by the gas station, grab a Dr. Pepper, go sit down on my desk for a few hours, do some work. It was not active at all. I gained weight like crazy, and all of a sudden I was like, what the heck happened? Yeah, all of a sudden I realized that's not healthy. And, it, and it's, it's, I struggle with it. For a long time I drank soda. I love soda. And then I finally just got to a point where I'm like, you know what? Why do I like soda? Well, it tastes good, but I really like the carbonation. So then I started drinking some soda water because someone else that I love and respect that's what he would drink. I was like, well, I should try that. So I went to Costco. I tried these talking rain soda waters. Brilliant. So now all I drink for the most part is soda water because it's a healthier version of the carbonation. But the crazy thing to me is how easy it is to go to things that are convenient, how difficult it is to maintain the right discipline and lifestyle. See, Paul is challenging you and I. We must become expert builders of our lives and our temples. We must be willing to put in the work. Here's the thing, it's hard work. I don't know personally all that much from experience. I just know it gets hard and I don't like it. So then I go to my comfort foods with like peanut butter cookies and sugar, it's awesome. Someone commented in our house one day that there's a lot of sugar in our house. I'm like, yeah, that's my wife's fault, not mine. Totally lying to him because it's my fault. But Paul's saying I've laid the, the foundation as an expert builder. He's telling you and I today, our job is stewardship. This is not a get healthy, lose weight, run a marathon, go get better. Okay, ready, rah, rah, go. This is a reminder for you and I that our job as followers of Christ is stewardship. Our lives are meant to be stewarded. Our lives are not meant to be our own. When we start doing things on our own way and our own accord, we actually lose sight of the gospel and it then hinders our ability and our willingness to do what's best. We're called to carefully manage a healthy living as his temple, motivated by his grace. I ask this question again, what's your picture of the gospel? Are you like I've been at different times in my life? Or yeah, I've heard the gospel, I've heard this thing about Jesus, it's cool, yeah, I love Jesus. Yes, I do, I love Jesus, how about you? I'm good. Or is there this deep conviction of, God, I want my life to reflect your grace? in every way, in every shape, in every form. And the things that are uncomfortable for me to talk about or to even invite the Holy Spirit into 
I still am willing to because I want your grace to be my foundation. I found that in my life, I'm really hesitant to invite the Holy Spirit into some vulnerable parts of my heart because I'm not sure that he could love me enough. And even as we just sang the song, Reckless Love, even as Melissa challenged us and reminded us today, I would remind you the same way. You are loved beyond anything you could ever imagine. His grace is sufficient. It's amazing. It's incredible. There's no judgment in his grace. There's a response in light of his grace. See, one of the things that I was reading, and it was this interesting thing about buildings, one of the commentaries, it just says this, beautiful buildings speak for themselves. Their, nat- their beauty naturally allows them to become destinations. And I was thinking about that for a minute and how it applies and how it kind of plays into our lives as, as reflections and ministers of this gospel that Jesus calls us to. If our heart's desire is to really be motivated by his grace, then it means that everywhere I go and everything I do is meant to draw attention to his goodness through my life. That's never about me. Now, do I like it to be about me? Yeah. There's a point in my life where I love preaching a lot because I got to hear my own voice speak. I'm not, I'm, not jo- I'm not joking you. I felt good every time I got on the stage because it just made me feel better. Now, this is God's call in my life. If I were to tell you my whole story about being a shy 15-year-old kid who couldn't even stand in front of a group of 10 people, there's some of God's redeeming qualities in this. But I got to a point where I really just enjoyed hearing myself speak. I, I, I knew I could speak well. I knew I was eloquent enough. I knew I was gracious enough and challenging enough and ex- exhorting enough that, hey, someone could really be encouraged by me. But the problem is I made it about myself. If my job as a temple of the Holy Spirit is to be a beautiful building that would become a destination for people to know about his grace, that would change the way I live my life. Our temples are a place the Holy Spirit resides. What's our temple saying, speaking to the world around us? We're meant to be representatives of Christ. Paul continues on in verse 12 through 15. He just simply says this, build carefully. We're all building something. We're either building things that are temporal and won't last, or we're building things that will last. The way we live our lives, what we're currently doing, is either temporarily driven or is eternally driven. So be mindful of that. Here's the thing, I don't have to start pointing out things in your life because I think the Holy Spirit wants to do that. As the Holy Spirit points out things in my life, eat more vegetables. Well, I eat some vegetables, Lord, it's okay. Stop eating sugar. No, that ain't happening. These are conversations God and I like to have. And he's so patient with me because he wants the best for us. He wants a life that's vibrant and full and rich and rewarding. Me running around in my backyard with my kids, having to stop every 10 minutes because I'm exhausted and tired, it's not the life he wanted for me. You know how convicting that is to realize that? Somebody say, yeah, I'm feeling it right now. I'm not, try- I'm not trying to point the finger. But that's what I'm struggling with. God, I, I-, I want to be healthy, but it's hard. Yeah, but it's worth it. Shut up. 
it's encouraging to note that this is not a requirement for salvation. I have to be healthy physically to be saved? Oh, man, nope. It says very clearly in verse 15, I believe. Uh, Sorry, verse 13. No, I was right, 15, sorry. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved. But like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. We'll be limping in. When God doesn't want us to limp, God wants us to walk and run. Last thing I'll say is this, and I've got a couple thoughts and reflections, and I'll, I'll pray and wrap up. In 1 Corinthians 6, it talks about being a temple of the Holy Spirit and how we're supposed to honor God with our bodies. One of the key challenges for you and I in how do we honor God with our bodies? How do we live an often and a regular response to this? Again, one of the commentaries that I was reading says this, that God's little G keeps their distance. It's comparing this conversation of God's as the world knows God's about or about God's mythology, things like that, or God, capital G, the one creator God. The God you and I worship today and sing and and respond to and read his word. It says, little g gods keep their distance. They don't wrap themselves up with people, especially not their bodies. But this one does, capital O. This one does. Our bodies have tremendous value, and they cannot be treated casually because they matter eternally. Ultimately, beyond and beneath all of that, all of that one's body and what one does, it is intended to be a reflection of one's commitment to Christ. Yes, to the one you love but maybe even more deeply to the one who gave all it all to commit himself to you forever. The picture of God wanting to be close to us versus God to keep their distance from us is challenging. But then the picture of the fact that he wants to be in proximity with us, he wants to be in, in relationship with us, it's this picture for you and I that if we remember Christ is present with us in all times and all things and all ways, it hopefully challenges the majority of the time to respond and reflect differently than if we're living and building our lives upon ourselves. See, if our job is stewardship of the temple God has given us, it demands that we be mindful of that on a regular basis. One of the things that I was reading as well was saying this, we oftentimes put a lot of work towards our financial portfolio. We put a lot of work towards our marriages. We put a lot of work towards our business relationships Shouldn't we do the same thing towards the temple God has given us? But yeah, but if you're anything like me, I, I will plead. I wouldn't even plead. I would just point blank say I'm ignorant. I have chosen to not learn about health. And as I read God's word and his grace and his gospel reminds me today, that's not good enough. If I want to live to everything God has called me to, it requires me to steward the health of my temple, of my physical body. And maybe you're here today, I have two things I want to say and then wrap it up. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, great, of all the weeks I chose to come to the Grove Church Snohomish, I'm getting lectured about my physical health. That's fair. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, I'm healthier than this ignorant chump, why should I listen to him? That's fair. But my response to both of those things, you're just missing the message. I'm not here judging. I'm not here telling you how to live healthy. 
I'm here challenging you in your perspective of your overall health. Your physical body is meant to be a reflection of God's grace given to you. We are called to be stewards of that grace. How are you doing at stewarding it? Are you allowing God's grace to be the foundation you're building upon? What are some next steps for you? Maybe you're here today and health is a natural part of your journey in your life. Maybe you're really healthy. Maybe you can run a marathon. Maybe you can run farther than I can. That's fine. I'm I'm happy for you. But I want to offer some thoughts for a moment because I don't think any of us should ever walk into a message on any given Sunday thinking we've got that figured out. I was talking to someone this weekend about a previous week, uh, a message about God's word in our devotional lives. And now they were just simply saying, like, I've, I've done that. Like, I'm, I'm pretty solid in my faith. I'm pretty solid in my devotional life. I, I felt that a little bit. But the problem is, is if we come in thinking we've nailed it, we've missed it. Because the whole point of the gospel is the fact that you're imperfect. I'm imperfect. There's work to be done. And so if we first come in pridefully without even realizing it's pride, saying, man, I've already nailed this. I've got it figured out. I'm healthy. I run. I'm, I'm eating right. I'm, I'm good to go. There's still something God wants from you and for you today. Because it's not about you. I would say this. You've got relationships. Maybe you don't have a relationship with people across the aisles. Don't presume you have relationship. If you know people in your life that are not healthy and they're not living healthy, you know your first responsibility is to pray. That's it. Well, I, I, I can offer them wisdom. Great, pray. Some of the most offensive things in the world to me is when someone comes up to me assuming that I want to hear their expertise when I'm not yet ready to receive it. So you know what happens is someone comes to me and says, hey, you know what? I want to tell you how you can live healthy. I'm like, pump the brakes, buddy. I don't know you. That's a vulnerable part of my life. I know I'm not healthy, but I don't need your expertise. But what happens when I all of a sudden have this response of conviction that the Holy Spirit's given me, I reach out to someone. If my little sister were to reach out to me and say, Aaron, you're not healthy, and here's what you need to do to get healthy, you know what I would have done? Delete that text, because that's how my family talks, we text. Or Marco Polo, if you know what that is. But I would, I would remove myself, because I'm not ready to hear what God has to say to me through her. But as I'm preparing and studying and praying about this conversation, you know what my response became? Hey, I need help. I'm ignorant. I'm a moron. I'm thankful she didn't say, yes, you are. But that's a different conversation. But pray. If you're here today and you are healthy and you're strong and God, is, God wants to leverage that influence first off, but your first response is prayer. God, who, who can I pray for? And trust him to bring people to you in the right timing or give you the right moment to offer a thought. It's not about you. Let it be about him and trust his provision to lead and bring people to you. Maybe you're here today and you're soon to be healthier. So I placed it, soon to be healthier person, a.k.a. Aaron. I just say this, be humble enough in prayer to invite God into this area of your life. Be humble. I reiterate, it's not about you. It's not about me. I wish it was, but it's not. Have humility to ask the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to help. 
Holy Spirit wants to give you wisdom, wants to give you the affirmation of God's love being so extravagant, so great, that it doesn't matter what someone else says about you. Well, they're just going to think I'm foolish. No, they're not. Who cares? God loves me like crazy. Hey, I suck at eating. I'm unhealthy. Because I know God loves me enough to be gracious towards me in the midst of this. And I'm thankful you surround me with people who care about me. Admit that you've not been a good steward of the temple that he's given you. This is, I'm, literally, these are the steps that I've been working through. God, forgive me for being so prideful that I didn't think my physical health was, was a good reflection or was a good enough reflection of your glory, of your grace. There's grace for us. God's not like, finally, you answered me. God's like, hey, come here, I love you. He's a good father. He picks us up. He carries us. He encourages us. He gives us the confidence to be vulnerable for a moment. If he didn't, I would not be here preaching to you today. Start somewhere. If you're ignorant, start Googling it. How to be healthier. Invite someone that you know is healthy. Hey, can you give me some resources? You don't need to divulge all your eating habits and all your, your, your lifestyle. You don't need to divulge those. Hey, can you give me some resources? So I did with my little sister. She doesn't even know how much sugar I eat. Although she knows. Because she's come home to Christmas time with me. Don't blame, just take ownership. God, this is the temple you've given me. I'm going to own it. And I'm going to be a good steward of it. Here's what I'm not saying. We should all look like models. We should all be ripped fitness models who can just walk around and whatever. And No, I'm not saying that. I think there's a lack of modesty at times in the world we live in. I think it's a different conversation. I think we aim for the wrong things, which is why it goes back to the very beginning. If the foundation we're building upon is someone other than the grace of Jesus, we're missing it. We're not trying to be like someone. We're trying to be who God has called us to be. We're trying to let our temples physically be reflective of his grace given to us. Last thing we'll say is this. Become aware of. I don't like physicals because they tell me how bad of in shape I am. I wrote down, go see your doctor or physician. You know what I get to do this week? I get to set a schedule or set an appointment. I'm not thrilled. But I know I can't be ignorant anymore. The first step is becoming more aware and asking the Holy Spirit to give you grace and wisdom. You could, you could literally email me this next week. Hey, have you called your physician yet? And my response was like, who are you? Back off. No, I won't say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get active. Take walks. Stand up. Don't sit at a desk. All it takes is one step. I know I've said this already. I'm going to wrap up. I remember reading a conversation Pastor Nick had with uh, a couple in our church. They run a gym and run... Uh, a thing called Remedy Athletics in Marysville. And one of the things that they said that was so interesting to me in this interview was marketing, the like gym, how, is it, how, do you, how do I say it? The marketing plans for gym make it sound so complicated, like you need trainers and you need this and you need this and you need this to be able to be a healthy. He's like, that's actually not true. It's being active and pro- proactive in your approach to a healthy lifestyle. It starts off with simple, where are you at Can you get 1% more healthy today than you were yesterday? Can you get 1% more healthy tomorrow than you are today? Can you get 1% more healthy than the previous day? That's the journey we're on. And when we are willing to become aware of this, 
God's grace becomes more vibrant to us because that's the reason for motivation. Not because some pastor on a microphone is telling you to get healthy, but because we understand the grace of God is effective and powerful and is meant to transform our lives. My hope for you today is simply this, that your because can be because of his grace given to you and I. I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We're all in this together because we're a family. It sounds like it should be a song. But at the end of the day, our job is to be stewards of the life he's given us and the temples he's promised us. We stand here today as an opportunity to reflect his glory and goodness so the world can get to know him better. I want to pray for you, and then uh, Jordan will come up and Andrew will come up too. So God, thank you today for, uh, God, even a convicting message I got to process and read and and, and uh, God, even pray through. And Lord, I thank you that your grace is sufficient. Lord, even as Paul says in a very simple statement, because of the grace given to me, Lord, I pray that we would be able to walk out as good stewards. I pray we'd be able to walk out with, with even, God, a, a willingness to invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak to our hearts, to help us become better. God, physically, God, to help us become better followers because, God, we want the life you promised us. And this series and life multiplied, God, we know that your grace and your power is everything for us. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would continue to speak to us and continue to give us a courage and a confidence to respond to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Snohomish Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.